0: Welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. This is episode number 38, 2016 and Language. Today we're going to talk about what's in store for us in 2016, and we're going to talk about language and the words and phrases you can use to teach your swimming lessons better for everyone in your groups. Now, this will apply to swim lessons, for training purposes, and for swim teams. My name is Jeff. I will be your host for today and I'm very excited to get back into this. Let's get started. That's right. Today we're talking about 2016 and language. Specifically, what type of words and instructions you can provide to your swimmers to get the best results from your language. Now, I just want to start out by saying that it is 2016. We're recording this in February, towards the end of the month, after a brief two-month hiatus from the podcast. And this was to reevaluate what the goal I was trying to accomplish with this podcast. And I have considered doing interviews, having other people on the show, and talking to other people involved in swimming and swim lessons... Uh, to get a little bit more of a dynamic input for the podcast uh, at this time and i'm still focusing on the topic-based discussion and talking uh, but hopefully in the future sometime during 2016 we will start having more people come onto the show to give you a better uh, experience here from uh, this podcast uh, hopefully another perspective more of a conversation Uh, and some more insight into swimming-specific things that you'll need to teach better swim lessons. So let's just get right into this for language. Uh, The podcast today, we are talking about an article that was written on SwimmingScience.net. This was published in 2012, and it's called External versus Internal Focus for Optimal Learning. Uh, So basically what this says is that The external focus is better. So the article talks about using golf and darts and a balancing board uh, to test and measure this type of focus and learning. Uh, So what that means is researchers took people playing golf or playing darts or balancing a board in their hands, and they gave the participants certain instructions. And what they found was when you focus on external uh, a device or item, then the person performing the activity tends to do better overall than those people who are told to do something with their own bodies. Now, this is really comes to the heart of swimming because the primary thing that we're working with is water, right? And water is fluid and doesn't really react or have a, a, a clear... Um, pushback on the body. So when we're talking about body motions and movements and certain swimming strokes, front glides, back glides, streamlines, freestyle, backstroke, all of our language is centered around what we want the person's body to do, right? And as instructors, as swim coaches, our, our goal is to have our swimmers move their bodies in very specific forms, And I think that we can look at ballet instructors, we can look at dance instructors, we can look at karate instructors and see how they interact with their pupils to learn how they accurately and consistently and do it very well, use their words to get a physical response from their participants without any of these external factors. So when you're playing golf, you have the ball, you have the uh, club, So you're using these external things to achieve results. When you're throwing darts, you're actually throwing a dart at a board. um, And your form and your technique is important, but what you're really focusing, what you're really doing is you're interacting with these objects that are not your body. Swimming doesn't have that, right? Swimming is your body moving through a fluid space, and that motion is propelling you forward. So there's you can talk about the water in a way because you essentially are pushing the water to make you go forward, but it's fluid. So it's not a solid external force like a, a golf club or a dart or a balance board, right? Like a, a wooden plank and you're holding it flat, trying to balance it without something falling off, right? You have that external, the plank and whatever you're trying to balance. So... The key to this is, to the study says that when you are focusing on something that is not your body, when you're focusing on hitting the ball, you tend to do better and you focus more. When you are focusing on throwing a dart in a certain place, you do that better because you're you're not, you let your body take over and it automatically does those things that you know how to do. To accomplish your goal, right? To hit the bullseye. So if you know how to throw a dart, your body is going to focus on hitting that bullseye. How it knows how? When we're teaching swimming, the body doesn't have that external focus to to focus on. You know, to put your mind onto to allow your your brain to kind of just do the muscles the way they should because you want to achieve a certain result, right? So we need to build up to that. And, we can go, and, and there's some things that I'm glossing over here that uh, are not suited for this podcast, and we can talk about that later specifically, how we use, and this is the format for all of the bases of our training for our swim lessons and for our swim team, is creating repetitive patterns of behavior so when we want to achieve this high-performing excellence, we don't have to specifically think about all these minutiae steps like lift my elbow up high, put my arms out in front of me, you know, return to position 11, keep my hand cupped. So, you know, push the water the strongest instead of having the fingers sprayed out to the sides. You know, there are all these small little minutiae that we use rep- repetitive based short distance training to get to so that when we are in a swim r- swim race or in a competition, we don't have to think about it. Same with swim lessons. Why do we do the same scripts over and over for front glides? Put your arms out in front. Of you put your face in the water. Push off to me. You know why do we do that? It's because we, you know, we know that if we establish repetitive behavior and patterns, then when it needs to be automatic, when the goal is I just want to get from here to there, you don't have to think about all these minutiae. You already have that ingrained in your mind because you've spent all this time working on it repetitively. right, so putting all that aside, we're taking a look right now at the use of our language on an external force, so not the body, so like a kickboard or a barbell or the surface of the water or the wall versus speaking in language internally. Put your arm above your head. Rotate your hips from side to side move your arms over the water, right? Those are all internal cues. Those are all internal things that we would say to get a response. So think of it as body focused internally or you know external focus something other than the self, other than the body. So what do we do, right? So what, what, what? how do we take this and apply it to swim lessons? So We say, now the the article says that external is better, right? The external focus is better than internal for optimal learning and performance. So how do we take swim lessons and the language we use in swim lessons and apply this? Why do we say, squeeze your ears, look down, lock your thumb? And why do we say, keep your arms straight, look down and stay on the surface, right? These are the three things for a streamline and the three things for position 11. So streamline being squeeze your ears, look down, lock your thumb. Kind of internally focused words, especially with the lock your thumb, look down, right? These are, and squeeze your ears. These are all do this with your body commands, right? And then for position 11, the three things, keep your arms straight, look down, and stay on the surface. So two of these are uh, external, or internally focused, look down, right, point your face to the bottom. It's an internal focus because it's regarding the self. And keep your arms straight, so keeping your arms straight is an internal focus. But on this one, we have an external, which is stay on the surface. So there are all these steps that go into keeping yourself on the surface. So the objective is stay on the surface, but how you do that isn't clear. So we want to let the swimmer... Figure out how to stay on the surface, and incidentally, if you look down, you keep your arms straight, you breathe quickly. You know you're gonna stay on the surface, right? Um, so it's all kind of tied in. But that stay on the surface is an example of an external one. So what we want to ask is, are these commands which we use pretty extensively in swim lessons and on swim team, are they effective? You know, are are these internal cues, the ones that we do five out of the six. Are they effective at teaching swimming? And they've been effective enough for me and my experience and the people that I know that use this as well. So we're continuing to do it, but we want to see if we should adjust this, right? So, you know, we understand that swimming and moving in the water is a highly personal thing. And, you know, we often think about telling someone to do something by guiding their body, right? Right. Put your arms out in front of you. Look down. Aim your face to the bottom of the, of the pool. You know We assume that our swimmers are attempting to move their body in a certain way, and they are, but it may be more effective to give them a target. So instead of giving them the path, right, like put your arm out in front of you, it might be better to say put your arm at the target above your head, right? So how can we achieve the same goals using similar language? but to make it more effective and more optimal, So perhaps, you know, when we say 11Y scoop and reach, it's so effective because it's not reach your arms up above your head, keep them straight, sweep out, and then scoop in your face and then shoot forward. It's Get your arms in position 11, right? We know what that looks like. That's an external image that we have in our head. You know, we can achieve that goal. Put your arm in position 11. We can do that. And then make a Y with your body. You know, that's very externally based. And then scoop into your mouth and then reach back into 11. Those are all commands that are thinking about an external image, right? We. This is what position 11 looks like. Make yourself do that. We're not giving the small minutia steps. you know raise your hand above your head, put them directly above your shoulders. keep your elbows straight. You know those are feedback and guides, but they're not specific commands here. We're, we're kind of condensing it and giving it a, an external focus. Here's a picture of what position 11 is. Now do that, I'm not going to tell you how, but do that and we'll give you mental image cues, 11, y, scoop and reach to achieve that goal. And that's probably why it's so effective at um, using it in swimming and swim lessons, because you have these image, these external images to get to. So um, maybe we need to adjust the three things that we talk about uh, to accomplish, to you know, for streamline, for position eleven, to make them more externally based. And as we do at Swimming Ideas, we tested this at our swim practice because. Um, it's a lot easier to test new things during swim practice than it is during swim lessons because we have this r- routine set. We have uh, uh, the workflow created already, the lesson plans, everything for swim lessons. Swim team is a little more dynamic, so we can do a little bit more with it that um, it doesn't fit into the typical run-of-the-mill stuff. So here's what we did. You know, Here's our goal. We use language internally for the most part when we're talking about swimming. Rotate your hip, turn your head to the side, look down when you're not breathing, keep your head still. You know, these are all do this to your body, do this to your body, and focus on internally doing this, doing this. Let's see if we can make an attempt to use external language to achieve the same results. So at swim practice, um, we did things like this point your fingers to the walls when you do your backstroke pull. Right? So when you're coming underwater and you're pulling the water down to your hip, we told participants to point their fingertips to the walls, Right, so to the side because you swim in the pool and there's the walls on the sides. So with each arm stroke, point your fingertips to the sides. And what we saw was a little bit better of an underwater catch and pull than we normally would. Right, It got rid of the pointing the fingers to the bottom, the straight arm circle, It got rid of the S-curve where the fingertips point to the ceiling. So those swimmers that were splashing the surface on their backstroke as they pushed the water down, it got rid of that because their hand was a little bit deeper because they were turning it to the side and pointing their fingers to the wall, to the side of the wall next to them, right? We did... and and that was effective, right? So that was a good good thing, and that's something that you should probably be doing anyways. We also did aim your face to the lane lines when you breathe, right? So the goal here is we want to provide an external item or prop or focus that our swimmers can interact with to achieve their goals, right? So we want them to turn their head to the side. We said aim your nose to the lane line when you take a breath or shoot a laser out of your nose point and hit the lane line with that laser when you take a breath. And that way the nose isn't rotating too far to the ceiling and having an over rotated breath on their freestyle so and you can use this in swim lessons as well you know when you're doing your streamline three strokes take a breath when you do take that breath shoot your face shoot a not like a a bugger out of your nose and hit the wall right or hit the lane line or hit the bench don't you know shoot your boogers and hit the ceiling right because you don't want to be turning your head all the way around And that's just like a goofy example that I can think of. So we did that, and it worked pretty well. It worked pretty good at keeping half, you know, partial of the face in the water when you took a breath. And then and you can look at the show notes for this. There's a picture that I included that we drew on the whiteboard, and it was hit the target over your shoulder on the surface of the water with each arm stroke uh, before you do zombie position uh, and pull your arm during freestyle. So there's some complicated things going here. We drew a picture on the on the whiteboard with a bullseye above the shoulders of a person, right? So we drew a person and above the shoulders, above the head, um, but directly above the shoulders, we drew two bullseyes. And we said, this is your target, right? Put your hands in position 11. Now where your hand is, draw a target. And then so we drew a picture of someone doing Position 11, actually position one. Uh, so one arm above your head in position 11 le- position with one arm. And then we drew a bullseye around the hand and said, okay, that's the target's in the same place, but now you can see where the hand is. That's your target with every arm stroke. And then we drew a picture of a person in the water reaching at full extension and freestyle and drew the bullseye at the surface of the water where the hand was at full extension and said, okay, when you swim... Imagine there are two targets above your above your shoulders, on the surface of the water, that move with you. And with every stroke, you need to hit the bullseye. And if you miss, so like so, if you get the outer ring, or if you get an inner ring, it's like that's okay. But next attempt, get closer and closer to the bullseye. And our goal here is to hit the bullseye with every arm stroke at that target above your head in position 11. So when you swim freestyle, make sure you're returning to that position 11 position, hitting the target, right? And that's our goal. We wanna hit the target with our arm strokes. So we're taking this external, this made up external force uh, focus, the target above your head in position 11, And we're not saying, okay, how are you going to move your arm to get to that position? We're just giving instruction, okay, hit that target, right? Here's the external force. We're introducing an artificial external focus to better get, to get better results, right? To get more focus from our participants on this external object. Uh, And then in swim lessons, We tried reach your arm and it worked really well. So I'm jumping ahead here, but it worked great. It was fantastic for practice that day and the days that we've used external language since. It's been fantastic. It it works really well. Um, it's, it's a little more challenging as a coach because it's a lot easier to speak and do this with your body and not, you know, and, and not do that because it's so, you, that's your first instinct is to talk and do this to your body, make your body do this, make your body do that. It's harder to come up with a progression and a system and a visual experience where you are introducing made-up or real real props for external focus. So if you've ever done catch-up drill with the, the little bar, um, see that, right? so it's like a little six-inch, a piece of PVC pipe that you hold in your hand, you you keep it out in front of you, and you do an arm stroke grabbing onto the PVC pipe with each arm stroke, that would be an externally focused skill, right? How do we do that without having the prop, right? So that's where the target comes in. Um, So we've done it, and it's been really successful. Uh, So this article seems good. I like it. Uh, We did this in some lessons as well. We did uh, reach your arms as forward, as far as you can. So it's still um, internally based, you know, reach your arms forward. But we were going for the full extension. So uh, telling participants to reach as far as you can, and that seemed to help a little bit. Uh, To place your arms on the surface gently, so to make no splashes when you reach forward. Um, To look at the instructor's toes when they did their streamlines or their front glides. So instead of put your face in the water, it was, look at my toes, or some people, and one of the Swimming Ideas uh, customers here had this great idea, she drew a picture and laminated it and puts it underwater and asks her participants, okay, go underwater with your goggles and tell me who is wearing the red bathing suit, how many starfish are there on the picture? How many buckets are there in the picture? You know, asks questions about the picture underwater that you can only see by going underwater. And it's brilliant. And this is a use of an external focus, right? Here's your goal. Go, you know, tell me this answer. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. You know, you have to go underwater, figure out how to do that, and then come up. And the act of doing that, that external focus kind of takes away some of the anxiety and some of the um, specific minutiae, you know, put your face in the water of going underwater and doing an activity. All right? so that was a good one. Uh, reach for me when you push off the wall. You know, come to me, get to me, because uh, it's a safer area. Go from bench to bench is a great example of um, external focus. You know, you gotta do a streamline to do it, but, and by doing that streamline, you'll get from bench to bench, but the external focus is, here's your goal, get to that bench and then return to the original bench and do that five times, right? So that's an externally focused activity. So, uh, you know, we do these in swim lessons and we do them well. Uh, we're trying to integrate this more into our program. Uh, so some specific, uh, it works really well. Like I said, when we do the two benches, go five times from bench to bench, uh, the goal being get to the other one. Uh, some specific swim lessons activities that we used. Uh, swimmers stood on this on the bench and were told to keep their body in soldier position. So straight back, straight head, arms at the side. Uh, we held a noodle just at the limit of their arms reach. So about two to three feet, depending on the child. And then we said, okay, do straight arm windmills. So like ice cream scoops, front arm circles. And instead of grabbing the noodle, just slap the top of it as you do your circle, right? So the arms are windmilling. And every time you get to the noodle rear the surface, just slap the noodle with your hand and continue your arm circle so that the external goal here was slapping the noodle. And then we said, okay, you know, you've done that. That was really good. Then we did it just out of their arm reach. So far, far enough away that no one could easily get to it. And we said, okay, we're gonna do the same thing, but in, or, and you still need to hit the noodle. And if you can't reach, you know, rotate your hip a little bit. So turn your hip to get a little bit further arm reach. So with every arm stroke, then swimmers were rotating their hips to touch the surface of the water or to, to slap the noodle. That's just one thing that we did regarding this external focus in our swim lessons and then also for our swim team. I want to know what you think, and I'm wrapping this up pretty quickly here, but what, what do you think of external and internal focus language? Are you interested in or have you used this type of language for your swim lessons for your swim team to get a response from your participants. You know, when you're approaching your instruction, because everything we do here is like language-based and visually-based for the most part. How are you using props, external focus? You know, things that are not just turn your head to the side, take a breath, and then move your arms. You know, how is it more when you breathe, look at the lane line? When you're moving, remember to kick and create splashes, right? Create splashes being the external focus. How are we introducing these external focuses, or FOCA, I guess, with this internal-oriented activity, swimming, which is all about the body movement? So I'd like to hear from you. Let me know. Send me an email, jswim at swimminglessonsideas.com or jeff at swimmingideas.com. Or you can connect with me on Twitter at Swimming Ideas. All right, thanks for, or on Facebook, Swimming Ideas. uh, And hopefully we can get in touch soon and I can hear from you. That's it for today. Welcome back to 2016. Looking forward to having many more podcasts with you. And if you have any questions or anything, again, contact me, Twitter, email, Facebook. And we'll see you soon. Take care.